Hello, listeners, and welcome to the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk Podcast. We're your home for Wildcats, Bulldogs, Warriors, and Coyotes. The place to go for the latest sports news on all your favorite local sports teams. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite snack or beverage, and enjoy. Now here's your host for your Kittitas Valley Sports Talk, Luke Olson, John Gudat, and Eric Sorensen. Well, welcome back, Kittitas Valley sports fans, to another episode of the Kittitas Valley Sports Talk, episode eight. Uh, I believe that's the Matt Hasselbeck episode. Matt Hasselbeck, wow. I really Already sp- impressing me with your eight. factoids and looping it into the the podcast already. We're, we're 10 seconds into it, and I'm already impressed. That's right. I really screwed up last week was the John Kitten episode, so sorry to you, John, <laughs> especially after Luke wrote such a good article on him. And, I know, yeah, I know. But We'll have to, I got week nine figured out already, but week eight, uh, we're back. It was another fun weekend of sports. You guys that were following us on sh- or social media all weekend, John, you had the hookup at the kid has game. We were given Eberg and central, uh, shout outs. We'll get into more of that later, but it was a fun weekend of sports in the Valley. Fun weekend. Uh, you know, you talk about all the local schools that were playing, but, uh, which we'll talk about more. Uh, great weekend for baseball, especially if you're a Washington national fan, uh, maybe not weekend, but week. Uh, yeah. Last week, um, and then of course if we're going to talk about baseball. We got to talk about our friend Justin Hudson. Yes, sir. Kid does coyote. Justin Hudson. Uh, if you guys missed it online, he signed his net or his letter of intent to play college baseball for YVC Yakima Valley Community College. He's going to be a yak. That uh, was pretty exciting times. The you know the last person from Kittitas that played college baseball was Jaden Metter a couple of years ago. Is that Corbin who's finishing up his career there? And I know for a fact Justin's excited. NWAC. You know, the East region, YVC is one of the top teams. They're at the tournament every year. Head coach, Kyle Crest Angel, a uh, guy I played with at Big Bend, actually, for a year. And super pumped. I know, as you said, Riley Seeds there, Ellensburg guy. And mm-hmm. I know that's a familiar face for Justin because they played for the Pepsi Packs together this last summer. But pretty proud of Justin. He's worked his butt off. And, and we told him when he was a freshman that we believe that he can play at college level. And he believed us. And he stuck around and, and worked extremely hard and put a, together a heck of a career. So you're saying he proved you right? So you yeah. are like Nostradamus when it comes to mm-hmm. high school baseball? Yeah, pretty much. All right. <laughs> All right. Something like that. I just want to put that out there. I wanted to, yeah, you know, prove that uh, how smart you are, and uh, Thanks, obviously you're smart and motivating. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Well, you know, Justin did a little hard work. I mean, it helps when you hit 600 for your junior year. <laughs> That's pretty good. And then he went down for the Pepsi Packs this last summer, and and. Uh, you know, going uh, from a little pond, like they say, a kid attests is to go play with a bunch of big schools, defending state champions of CELA. And, and he worked his way into a starting lineup. That was pretty awesome. I think he had to hit over 300 this summer with those guys and playing 50 some games. And he's proved himself. But he's a heck of a worker. And I love watching him play whatever sport he is playing and stuff like that. And we were, uh, he was at the game uh, down there in Hanford when we took on uh, Liberty Christian, uh, the football game. And I kind of chatted him up for a couple of minutes. He he clearly is excited, um, as am I. You know, you're always excited when when anybody from our area moves on and and uh, uh, you know gets either college paid for or at least has the opportunity to play in college, no matter how the tuition is is uh, being paid for. And he's excited. I mean, selfishly, it's just a 35 minute drive for fans up here to go down there and watch him um, for at least half of the baseball schedule. I'm so pumped for that. It's so easy. We can get there. Their games start. They're nine inning double headers, and even if you get off work late one day, you can still make it down for the second game when they're playing. So 
pretty exciting stuff. Congrats to Justin the Jet. I believe that's his Twitter handle. It is. And uh, yeah. right up there with the race car roots for Central, that's Justin right. the Jet is, uh, I, I just like that Twitter handle. It is perfect. It is. Yes. Not mine. Luke Olson B isn't good enough. <laughs> it's a game changer. I like but... yours too, but it doesn't have a race car or a jet in it, Luke, so you need to improve. Yeah. I'll play like Skywalker or something. Yeah. Something cool. Luke, you should do that. Yeah. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh we got a big weekend ahead of us, fellas. Sports, uh, you know, it's a it's getting colder out there. Times changed. We had the daylight savings times this weekend. And I know for a reason why I'm a season ticket holder for central men's basketball, and I get quite a few women's games this year too. Uh the daylight, it's dark at four o'clock. So what perfect timing? Central boys basketball opens up at home this weekend. They got Cal State Monterey Bay on Friday night, and then Cal State San Bernardino Saturday night. Big, huge games. Um, Luke, you could probably tell us a little bit more about that. I know, I think they were ranked, the Central was six, voted six in the GNAC, which I thought was kind of low. I, th- I thought they'd be higher. I thought, I mean, we there. knew they were going to take their licks last year, right? Yeah. Um, but no one Renta and uh, Drew there. I, I just thought that uh, they would get a little more respect in the preseason polls of course who cares well, top i just want to win top six makes the gnac right yeah yeah yep. well, i mean the poll doesn't say anything but i mean there's a little respect you know for them there seattle pacific i think uh got the top nod i could mm-hmm. be wrong and st martin's was last and they won they won it all there were yeah. at least at the league level well yeah. i didn't realize their coach left he was yeah. only there for two years and now he's assistant at seattle u yeah and then western oregon lost their head coach too mm-hmm He's yeah. at Wazoo. Oh, so go Kooks. Big moves. <laughs> uh, but I think, uh, you know, playing two uh, California teams, so that's the CCAA. Mm-hmm. Um, so from a, right off the bat, they're going to get West Region, uh, um, you know, scheduling right off the bat. And so hopefully get a couple of W's. And, and uh, I would just like to get it back to where Central was. Uh, no disrespect to the last handful of years, but, man, there was years where we couldn't, we couldn't buy a game to get played at Nicholson Pavilion because nobody wanted to travel. One, the travel's hard, but two, it's you just couldn't win in Ellensburg, and hopefully we can get that uh, that swagger back. So, yeah. well, it looked like the roster was completely revamped. There's a lot of totally. new faces. I got nine, nine of them. <laughs> the, eight, eight transfers. The refreshments back. The kid from Morton White Pass. What was his name? Matt Poquette. He. Yep. I also give. I mean, I love the small school guys that come and dominate. And yeah. he played well his freshman year. He's back. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff, man. But eight new faces, right? Yeah. They they're, got they're bigger. A, I mean, they have Boykin and Lucas. Both will be senior guards. But then they got, I mean, they got a plethora of new guys. Uh, one of that word, plethora. Plethora, yeah. <laughs> That's how educated uh, we are at the Kid S Valley Sports yeah, Talk. We use exactly. big words. <laughs> yeah. Xavier Smith is kind of one of the bigger ones. He went to Oregon State out of high school. Um, and then he went to... Idaho last year, and then he's you know came to Central now. Um, so they have another D one transfer too. Uh, Bolton, he came from uh, Northern Arizona, and he was uh, he had six threes against Idaho, so he was kind. Of, he had twenty points. Yeah. It's a lot of new faces, so I think they're still going to try to like find an identity. You know, it's, the team looks a lot different, so we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, and yeah. uh, let me segue into women's basketball. We talk about the men. Uh, with, uh, you know, being voted kind of middle of the pack in the GNAC, the women are voted to win it all, which huge respect, right? 
for uh, Coach Richardson and her, and her program. And um, tell you what, just the, the progression of the last couple of years. I mean, you can. It's just it's just amazing the talent that is on the floor. Um, talking with a, a friend of mine uh, last week, and and um, just night and day difference between the athleticism and the skill and just the, the, the chemistry on the court that you could see it uh, kind of building. And man, that's a huge target to have on your back, but I would hopefully they're welcome in that target. Well, that's the other thing I heard uh, Tyler Unsacker, I probably said your name wrong, who I bought by the season tickets from. There's a lot of double headers this year where you can go watch the women's game and then watch the men's game afterward. And, you know, when the high school teams are out of town, what a great thing to do. Yep. It's um, Friday. Women play home. They first, do? Yeah. 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this is a perfect segue into our guest for this week. Uh, he's going to be here shortly. And, and after a quick advertisement, we will have him on the up. But Ellensburg native, a National Coaches Basketball Association Ring of Honor member, Pat Fitterer, uh, a guy that's had an amazing career coaching high school basketball and some young uh, Team USA stuff. Guys, I'm, I've been excited all week. I've probably been texting you quite a bit. I'm excited for this interview we're about to do. Yeah, we're, I'm excited too. And uh, I'm just going to venture out to say that this will be the highlight of Coach Fitterer's day as well. Absolutely. So. <laughs> he gets to come to Ellensburg for the day. I believe he's in Yakima. Still, we'll find out and and talk to KDS Valley Sports Talk. And, and I guess another shout out we have to give to – and it was his brother that hooked it up, who's running Fitterer's Furniture right now, who's our sponsor for the episode. That's right. And uh, what a great opportunity for us. And, and we're so lucky to have them as our sponsor. And we'll get some more info on them here in a little bit. So a big shout out to Fitterer's again. And, and we'll be right back after this brief message with our guest of the week. Kittitas Valley Sports Talk would like to take a moment and ask that you check out our Facebook and Twitter page at Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. Also check out our podcasts on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, along with the Anchor app. Just search for Kittitas Valley Sports Talk. All right, Kittitas Valley Sports fans, we are back for a, a fun segment we all look forward to. Our guest of the week brought to you by Fitter's Furniture. And it's a fitting sponsor name because guest this week is Pat Fitterer, who is the second winningest coach in the state of Washington with 728 wins. He is coached at Ellensburg High School, Eisenhower, Seaholm, Kentwood, and Highland. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is awesome. So uh, I guess walk us through your your career of coaching, where you started out playing high school basketball, and, and how you got into coaching. Uh, just always just love sports. I mean, our neighborhood in Ellensburg on 2nd Avenue there was right up because we used to play in the dirt field. We'd make baseball diamonds in a dirt field where the Ellensburg High School is now. And uh, it was just a great time. But our neighborhood, we had Kelleher's up the street. And uh, just we just got out and played every single day and did that. And then you just wanted to be a bulldog. So then he came up and, and I played football. Uh, basketball and baseball at Ellensburg, which was uh, kind of interesting because then when I went to college, uh, the football to get out of the weightlifting and the spring drills, I switched to track, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of fun. And track actually wound up to be one of my best sports. So then I played football and track at Central. And then uh, but taking Dean Nicholson's class at Ellensburg was uh, a great opportunity. My brother Jack uh, was in Seattle, and he coached at Kennedy High School before he got into Pacific Institute at the Power Positive Thinking. And so I was sitting around listening to Jack and Dean Nicholson because Dean 
just lived up the street. And so he was there a lot. My dad and him, my dad kept score clock for central for 40 years, or I, I don't know at the time I just ran around, but, uh, but by doing that, then you just got totally involved into, uh, the athletics, but it's a great neighborhood and Ellsberg is a great place to be a kid. I don't think because of fitters furniture, finest furniture since 1890. Hey, <laughs> Brad, Brad always makes me say that, which is, which is fine, but we never went on vacation because uh, you're right there. But when we did go to Lake Cleom or something, I remember mom always leaving the front door open. So the house would be cool when we got home, which is crazy to think about now because uh, of uh, a different clientele, but uh, it was just a great place to be a kid and love sports and great neighbors, and we had fun. Did you ever consider, um, you say you wanted to be a Bulldog, and that was no matter what. Uh, did you know you were going to be a Wildcat, or did you ever consider doing venturing outside of the borders of the county? You know, uh, it was funny. Uh, when you grow up junior high, I mean, I was dating Kathy Bender, whose older brother was George Bender, and he was a big basketball player in Ellensburg. So that kind of really got me tied in there. And your view of that, and we would go to Central games, but I never saw myself really playing at Central at the time. Um, it would have been nice maybe to have a little more guidance, but when you're the fifth kid out of six, <laughs> your parents at that time were just, you know, let's get them through and get them out of here or whatever. So, <laughs> but, so there wasn't a lot of guidance at the end. But then when – when we really had great success, uh, you know, because our senior year we won the mythical state championship and went 10-0, and 0 and, and it was great. And then all of a sudden the offers came in. The UW said, we want you, but we want you to gain some weight. And that's why I went to Yakima Valley College because uh, I was pretty thin. And then uh, and I actually went to YBC on a baseball football scholarship. But then Bill Fowler is funny. I started about the first four games, and I had about six golden bases. And then uh, we got the third, and uh, I got the third. And he goes on, now, don't, if the ball gets by the catcher, don't get picked up. Well, I did. I went for it and got picked <laughs> up at home. And he got mad, so I switched to track, which worked out great. But anyway, so by doing that, the UW was interested, and they said go to YBC. And then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, I could be a Husky. That's cool. And so, and then in the meantime, Idaho had offered me a full ride, but I didn't know anything about Idaho. I never heard of Idaho. I mean, I guess my worldly view was so locked in. You knew the UW because you'd heard of them. You know, you knew YVC because it was close. And if I went there, I could go to the UW. But uh, then I went to um, YVC and played two years and then played baseball and track uh, on the split season. And then the UW, I didn't gain as much weight as they wanted. And they still said I could walk on, but then you're in a situation where you could be maybe fourth, fifth team. And Tom Perry just says, you know, you come here, you're going to play. And was good because actually, um, it worked out great. And I loved it because I got to go from right at the beginning. There was a couple of the good runnings backs, but, and one that had started the year before, but I got an opportunity to play and then play a lot. And then actually, even when we played Portland state, I got to start both ways. And that hadn't happened since Phil Fitter, my cousin. <laughs> and I'm not sure if central, uh, I don't know when the last person was that started both ways, but uh, I got to do that. And then Tom Perry goes, 
no, we're just going to have you on offense because you look like a chicken runner, chicken running around with your head cut <laughs> off and doing everything. And I go, I loved it. You know, I loved it, but I could see his point because that opportunity. So central actually was a great decision for me. And then obviously Tom Perry was another neighbor lived up the street because he used to stop when we'd have kid games and Dan Keller and I were really good friends, even though I was two years younger and he'd, and he'd pump us up, yeah, being there. And so, but I never, it never registered when I was a kid that way until I got there. I, like I said, I wish I had a little guidance earlier because then I w- would have gone there. And it worked out better for Dan because Dan being Notre Dame and it worked out great. I mean, obviously he was so fat. I really feel I was so good in high school because I knew if I screwed anything up, Keller would take my spot. <laughs> and so, and it worked out great. Need that little motivation sometimes, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So you you know you you played and then you got into coaching, coaching basketball. Um, you won two state championships, three straight or three state coaches of the year, twenty three state appearances, and eighteen league championships. So how'd you get into coaching and and your path to where you started to to when you were done coaching? You know, it, it was funny. I always loved basketball, and when I first got out of Central, um. It, it, it's a weird dynamic when you're first trying to get into it because I got offered a job in Alaska and I thought I'm going to go be the head football coach and be in Alaska. But the, that's when they had oil fields going through and everything. And they called in the middle of the summer and said, the town has moved. They finished the pipeline in that area. The town is gone. I'm thinking, well, probably a good thing I didn't get there. <laughs> and then Willapaw Valley offered me the job on a Friday and I was going to be the head football coach. And then uh, all of a sudden I got a letter on Tuesday say thank you for applying, but we gave the job so-and-so. It turned out to be the principal's son-in-law lost his job in Portland, so he got the job. Oh, no. <laughs> but anyway, so it worked out good. And then I wound up getting a job in Portland at Marshall High School. And I was there two years as an assistant. It was really fun because um, I got to be the assistant basketball coach. I worked at Atkins Elementary School. And then I did that two years, which was a great eye opener being a system to do because I was only 21 at the time and just kind of doing whatever job you could get at the time. And then I got that. And so uh, I really enjoyed it. I remember the coach telling me, Don Emery, it's kind of funny because then Don Emery said, no, you need to stay because I'm going to leave in a year or two and then you can take my job. Well, after I coached like my 36th year, and I was at Ellsburg, where at the wore the border in a Longview tournament, and Emory's coaching Benson Tech. And I go, hey, probably a good thing I didn't stick around as your assistant because <laughs> it's 36 years later and you're still coaching. So it was kind of fun, but it worked out great. And then the Highland job opened up, and uh, uh, obviously we wanted to get closer to Ellsburg. Kathy was really close with her family and her mom, so it really worked out good. So it came up to Highland, which worked out great because I was there 11 years. And then, of course, then at the time, you're still assistant coach in football, head basketball, head baseball, and did everything else at the time because he coached everything. And then uh, so I still got a little taste of football. But by when I first started getting into it, football, you almost are coaching the other coaches because you have a line coach and then you have a defensive back coach. And so you're doing a lot of coaches where basketball, you're really hands-on and doing it. And plus – then I finished and came and got my master's at Central and took Nicholson's class again because then I was really into it. Uh, my, my brother Jack is switched to Pacific Institute with the power of positive thinking, which we use in mental toughness a lot. 
and then picking Dean Nicholson's brain and being right there. So Highland was uh, a great time. And then um, I was there 11 years, and it's a little bit country. My brother Jack's son was at Kentwood, Scott, who now is a college and personnel director with the Seattle Seahawks. So I got to coach him two years at Kentwood. And then when I coached him two years at Kentwood, and then the Seahome job opened up because uh, uh, that was really a good situation. Then I was there for 13 years. And then the girls then graduated from Seahome and came back to this side of the mountains. Mindy's actually my boss at uh, Marcus Whitman Elementary. (laughs) She's the principal. But I was there first. So so I was there, and, and she was an administrator at the high school. And then one day they came to me and said, hey, we got to make a change. I said, no, I'm retire, rehire. I perfectly understand. And they said, no, no, you're staying. Your daughter, Mindy, is going to be the new principal. And I said, well, you know what? And they said, what? And I go, she's been telling me what to do for years. I, go, I, might, as well, I might as well get paid for it. So anyway, but it's great because I get to see Mindy every day. And then Carly got a nursing job in Yakima. So then Kathy and I came back to Yakima. Actually, uh, Ellensburg basketball had offered me the job, but they did not have a teaching position. That's when Eric Davis got the Ellensburg job. Um, and then uh, I took the Eisenhower job, and uh, which worked out great. you know. So And then I wound up, then Kathy wound up getting sick. So I, I uh, gave up everything, teaching, coaching, everything because I, I was a retired rehire then for three years at at uh, Yakima and uh, but then she said I'd, I'd really like to see you coach again and I said well I just gave up and it wouldn't have worked at Ike because your league is Walla Walla Richland she couldn't have gone but because uh, we had to get her home she couldn't be out too long so then by taking the Ellsberg job it worked out perfectly because then you play Sela West Valley top niche all the area schools and we could have her home by nine thirty. We could have the games. She'd go to the games. And, and I really think it helped keep her alive longer because she had something other than herself uh, to think about because cancer's all, you know, it's so internal and everything. You need a distraction, I guess you need something else. And so um, she kind of outlived what the projecting was. And I think that was good. And she loved it. And Ellsberg was great for Kathy with that. I don't want to, <clears throat> maybe I'm overthinking it or, or being true too dramatic, but to just kind of go off of what you were saying, um, uh, do you kind of feel like what's, what's the term, maybe divine intervention where, I mean, you've clearly, there was something that pointed you toward Ellensburg. I mean, um, maybe you didn't know it at the time, but beyond just getting home, was it, was it more than that? Just to, this was the right place to be. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think for, for Kath at that point, because uh, the first year, you know, was coaches versus cancer. We wore the pink shoes. If you look at the district championship in gym, it's all red, white, and blue at Ellensburg, except for they had it in pink for Kathy on that. And um, so, and then, you know, she got her name and the brick or whatever, you know, the sponsorship wall, everything. So it was great. <laughs> you know, I, I obviously um, we had, we had success. You know, but but obviously, I I wish I could have done a little better job coaching. But there were some distractions. But it, it really worked out great for my family. I think we got more from Ellsberg than uh, they got from us. But you know, so it was really it was really good. So yeah, I think it was just meant to be, and and it was uh, really good for that. 
for the Bender family and our family. So you, over the you see so you've coached some USA basketball teams says for seven years, right? Right. Yeah, that so, was that was awesome. So, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, so we uh, that first how you got into USA called and when they first called, I thought it was one of my coaching friends popping off. <laughs> said this USA basketball, and I go, yeah, I go, I was just. I was just, uh, I, matter of fact, it was funny because I said, yeah, I was just, uh, Krzyzewski just came to practice and this and that. It popped off. And and then he goes, oh, my name's Sean Ford. I'm really <laughs> with USA Basketball. <laughs> and so then I realized, oh, I got to stop popping off. <laughs> and so anyway, so it, you go down. And so you go. And so my first thing, I was an evaluator of the 48 top kids. They bring in north, south, east, west. They bring in 12 kids from all of the United States, and then they'd have those 24. Well, my job was evaluator, so I'm sitting there evaluating these guys thinking, okay, I'm giving this guy a C plus, and if he came to, you know, at the time, Eisenhower, he'd be first team all state and everything else. So then I did that for a couple of years and helped with practices. And then um, the, I'm trying to think, maybe the fourth year, then I became coach of the West team. And but but they really weren't because I had Greg Oden who would have been the greatest player ever if he didn't have the stress fracture in his feet. He, he was Bill Russell. His championship game, um, he had twenty two point. The other team in Chicago had three seven footers, so they were going to go right at him, get him in foul trouble. So we're going to go right at him, get him in foul trouble, get him out of there. And then the point guard on that team was Michael Conley. So he had Greg Oden and Michael Connolly both on the same high school team in Chicago. So the three seven-footers are right at Greg Oden. Well, Oden had 24 points, 21 rebounds, and 20 block shots. And and the other three seven-footers, the three seven-footers fouled out, and he didn't. Well, anyway, so then when I got to be coach of the West team, I had Oden. And then actually there was a guy going to Arizona. They thought there was a point guard, and Connolly was the backup. They kind of brought him in as one or the other. Well, Connolly just blew up. He was just awesome. And we wound up uh, winning the gold medal. We were supposed to go to France to do it. Uh, or excuse me, that, that was the next step. But we we did it in San Diego. And we wound up playing O.J. Mayo's team for the championship. And uh, we beat them. So then the next year, they said, would you like to be assistant coach for the world game? So, of course, you know, you know like it's a question. But <laughs> of course, yeah. And uh, – um, so we get there and you've got Kevin Durant. I mean, all, all these 10 players you have in the world game are the top 10. Cause you take that 48 and you bring it down to 10 to play against the world. And so I, I remember Kevin Durant and Greg Oden were both on that team. Cause I remember sitting around on the pitcher shoot and I'm sitting there and, uh, they asked Greg Oden, uh, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I promise I'm going to Ohio State, but I promised my mom I will stay all four years and graduate. And I said, you know, the NBA is going to offer you a lot of money. And after your career is over, they will pay for your, your schooling and so forth. And then he goes, well, I promised my mom. And I turned to Kevin Durant and I go, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to have a tennis shoe named after me in a year. <laughs> and he was right. So anyway, so uh, it was, so that's the kind of thing. And then, and then, so your assistant coach, and we won the game and it was in Memphis. That's the one that was supposed to be in France, but we wound up playing in Memphis because at the time um, the out of country wasn't real solvent. And then the next year, uh, 
I was a head coach, and my lineup there was Kyle Sengler, who started for Duke, uh, O.J. Mayo, um, Derek Rose, uh, Michael Beasley, Kevin Love. I mean, you just go down the list, and it's fun now because then you kind of watch them. And it's a weird feeling because here you're a high school coach, and you've done it for a while, but you're working with these athletes who are just phenomenal, and they're all going to be millionaires in a year or two and so forth. And so, but we really did a good job. And then the part I popped up about Sean, he brought up later, because then after we won that game, we set a record for assists and it wasn't anything magical. I just said, we were going to make the extra pass. We're going to, you know, play defense, stay between our basket. Cause then you get there with this crew and you think you're pretty good. Then they bring in the other team, the world team. They had this guy from a country in Africa who stood on his tippy toes and reached up and put his fingers over the front of the rim, oh. just standing there. And so all of a sudden you're going, wow, you know, these guys are good. And then Parker, uh, San Antonio, Spur, I mean, you, you bring in Canada. And it was funny because the coach on the other team uh, had been there every year. And I thought, well, he's there every year. And he goes, well, he can speak eight languages. Because he has to, because you have people from Africa, you have people from Brazil, you have people from um, Canada, you have people from different European, German, to other countries. And so their timeouts, the timeouts during the game were two minutes long, so he could translate what he needed to be. And so anyway, so then the next year I get there and they introduced him at the banquet and they said, and he speaks seven languages. And I said, so I went over to him kind of joking, I go, hey what's the deal? Last year you spoke eight languages and this year only seven. And he looks at me and he goes, well, I am a year older. <laughs> so anyway, but just the experience of that. And then as soon as the game's over, you're meeting in a room with Mike Krzyzewski and um, the guy who was in charge of it, uh, the, the world basketball, Jerry Catangelo. And you're meeting in a room with these guys and said, okay, Pat, who do you think can make the next step? And, you know, you're talking these names and it's just crazy. You know, you're sitting there. Was it ever, I mean, obviously you earned that position and you worked your way up through from, um, you know, different coaching spots. But at the same time, was it ever intimidating or did you know, I mean, what was that like? Seriously. I mean, I well, I like. think, yeah, yes, it was intimidating because uh, I remember. Uh, being on an airplane going, studying pictures and reading resumes, and you're just going, oh, my gosh, if I just had one of these kids at Ice Tower, you know, just be incredible. We, and we had good kids, but this is – you're talking just absolutely incredible athletes that could do anything. And uh, getting them to bond, a lot of people thought it would be so hard. It was actually really good. O.J. Mayo – uh, which is unfortunate. He had a temper problem, and that's why he's playing in China right now because he punched out a teammate official <laughs> and everybody else was in his way. But he was the most competitive person. But whatever he said went. I mean, if this drill was doing so forth. I remember one time the teams weren't even because, you know, the one team was, you know, you had Kevin Love and Beasley and OJ, and, and they weren't being competitive. So he goes, Coach, put me on a team. Put flip me, flip me. I'll be under the team. I flipped the jersey. So we switched him and somebody else who, you know, was going to full ride. And then they won. I mean, it was just OJ was the leader. And, uh, you, you know, you just wish you could talk to him. And I, I remember Paul Harris was one of the athletes too. And Paul, you didn't hear about because he was at Syracuse and he was an All-American. 
He actually, we were joking in practice saying, yeah, that old saying about putting a quarter on top of the backboard and so forth. And so he goes over and gets a quarter and he jumps and he puts it on top of the backboard. But then he wound up blowing his ACL the next year. And um, uh, he never, I, I mean, he kind of went around with, his, with some of the teams, I think, for a year or two and then wound up playing in Europe, which isn't a bad thing. They still pay pretty well and everything else. But he was phenomenal. I've never seen anybody. And just just to see those type of athletes and do that is just incredible. And it was fun for my family, too, because then Kathy and the girls and got to go to Memphis. And so when you go to the Memphis Arena, they're sitting – our bench is here, but they're sitting in the front row, and then it was – it was uh, Mindy and Carly and Kathy, and then Mike Krzyzewski sat right next to her with this one. And so he turns to Kathy and goes, aren't twins awesome? My daughter has twins because Carly and Mindy are two years apart, but they look a lot alike. And so she, Kathy tried to explain to Krzyzewski, well, these are my daughters are not twins. They're two and a half years apart. And then he just goes, yeah, twins are just so much fun. <laughs> so Kathy turned, Kathy turned to Carly and Mindy and said, just to let you guys know, you guys are twins tonight. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a great experience. So, like, I mean, are you giving, like, when you're sitting in that room giving grades, I mean, are you giving OJ and A as, as Kevin Love? And yeah, Derek, I right. Mean, it's hard they, to... And it was, a, I'm trying to, E.B. There was a guy named E.B. And actually, E.B. rated higher than OJ. I remember that. And it was funny because, um, the like, the second or third year in, um, we had 47 guys and somebody dropped out. And so the coach from Cleveland, who became a good friend, goes, hey, we got this sophomore that's incredible in Cleveland. You know, can I bring him? And I said, yeah, fly him in. So we come in on Saturday. Sunday, they fly him in. So he gets there Sunday night. So he kind of missed the meetings and so forth. And then Monday, he starts playing, and it's LeBron James. Oh. LeBron's <laughs> a sophomore. And so I am coming in on a Saturday looking at the sport magazine in the airport. Well, between flights. So then you're there two weeks. So 14 days later, I go in the airport and I look at Sport Magazine and LeBron's pictures on the front of the Sport Magazine. So in 14-day time, I mean, obviously he was all world in Cleveland and everybody knew him in the state and everything there. But in 14-day time frame there, because you have all the sports writers and analysis and NBA, all the NBA guys are there. And so um, um, in 14 days, he was on the picture of the magazine and everybody knew about LeBron James. And then his junior, junior year, if you remember, he, he didn't get to go because some they it was kind of like playing this old gym where the stage is like four feet off the underneath the basket. Well, somebody ran him into the stage at a gym he was playing in and he couldn't play the next year and so forth. But you weren't coaching him. He was on like the East. He like. he was one. He was in one of those four in the forty eight. Majors brought him in as a filler. Okay, and yeah. you coached against him. I mean, that's when I was evaluating. Oh, so I okay. so yeah. So I just yeah. got to sit there and evaluate. I think I might have given him an A, but there was. <laughs> uh, but uh, the guy named Eb, he was like six nine. And see the crazy thing when you're seeing that when you watch NBA and they go up and dunk and so forth, they don't do it in traffic because they're also big and strong, they could end your career. But when they bring them in and they're 17, 18, 19, they're going for it. And in the international rules, you can take the ball off the rim. So once the ball hit the rim, you can go take it off. So when the ball hits the rim and goes up, there is like five hands. 
and there there are not thinking about getting hurt or anything else. So it's just the athleticism is just incredible. And um, um, just watching that and seeing that. But by that time, I was into it. But you talked about intimidation. Sorry. So when I first looking at, yeah, but then you get there and you kind of you meet and see this. But then once you start practicing, getting the flow, then it all goes away. So, um, you know, when you're doing this during the summertime and then you're going back to you know, wherever it is that you're, you're at either Seaholm or, or Ike or Olmsburg. I mean, no disrespect to the, incre- I mean, you had some incredible teams here in Washington state, but was that difficult or different to transition from literally all world NBA players to really good all state players? Was that difficult right. or the expectations? Yeah. Was that- you know, it's funny. And, and first off, I want to give a shout out to Yakima School District because the two weeks was during school. It was during the spring. So it was in like baseball track. And they allowed me to go and basically still paid me my salary and gave me the two weeks off. So I love that. Perfect. But anyway, <laughs> so yeah, that's a good way to do it. But, but the thing about it, basketball is basketball because right now, I mean, I was so excited Saturday from our third grade basketball team. And it's funny because it's the third year I've coached them. So I've coached my grandson, Bodie, uh, first, second, and now third. And actually the first grade, when we first started, we get into the Yakima League and uh, Shag Williams, Davis was outstanding coach, was coaching the other team. And we laugh because now oh. we're coaching our grandkids oh, you know, awesome. in first grade. And, it's, and second grade, some guy goes, he goes, what are you doing, Zilla? He goes, I heard that voice. I heard your voice. And he goes, and you're coaching second grade? And I go, yeah. I go, I coached first grade last year. And I go, about nine year, nine more years, maybe I can coach high school again <laughs> and so forth. But the third grade, so whether it's doing third grade, which is actually the toughest job, I mean, coaching the uh, elite NBA, you know, people so forth, their love of the game is incredible. I mean, they just want to play – 24 seven and they know how to take care of them. They all ice their knees before practice and afterwards. And I wasn't really used to seeing that because they've been so trained, you know, now you all have psychology coach, strength coach, nutrition coach, you know, and it's provided to you by then. And then they go, because these people know, and there's, there's so many people that come at them because they want to be their agent and get all this money. And it's just, so they warn you how to stay away from, certain, I don't know how to say it and be politically correct today, but there's females that want to be with you so they can be rich. There's agents that want to be with you so they can be rich. There's other people and it's just crazy what comes at them. So you try to train them to stay away from that element and so forth and stay, but, and they know how to take care of their bodies and everything else. But so there's a a lot longer preparation because it takes them like an hour to get ready to do the two-hour practice and then an hour afterwards and go down. So the process is a little bit more, but worth it, obviously, because their bodies are their their future. And so uh, doing that, but then, but then when you get in the basic concept, whether it's that group or high school, and that's a cool thing. I mean, I look back at now thinking I was a head coach for 37 years. And to tell you the truth, I probably would have gone longer, but it was kind of Kathy's my thing. So then after that, you know, then I went elsewhere and which has worked out good or doing third grade. They're there to learn. 
And, you know, you got to do the fundamentals. And that's that's unfortunate what's getting away from the game and even in the United States is they're getting away from the fundamentals because kids just want to play. You know, but with these little guys, we got them the dribbling glasses so they can't see and the passing and communication and calling the name. But once you start, you're doing the same type of drills. Obviously, the elite group does a lot better. <laughs> and but But it's amazing. You would be absolutely amazed. We took one of those centers. Well, actually, it was Swift, the guy that went with the, the Sonics, yeah. and he flamed out. He was one of those athletes. And we're working with him how to do a simple post move, drop step post move. Thanks, coach. I'm thinking, he goes, I've, I go, you haven't, he goes, I've never seen this in my life. And you're going, that is incredible. This guy is going to be a lottery pick first round and never been taught it a drop step move or anything else. And then obviously he got into the millions and couldn't handle it, you know, and flamed out with the Sonics, but he was a millionaire after two years anyway. But but it, it, it just to see that there's some of these people that haven't had that training. I mean, there's kids, I mean, if you truly love the game, you're going to go through all that and do it. But um, so at whatever level you're at, just if they like the game and want to get better, you just give them that opportunity. So, no, it was easy because every year, 37 years, you start every year zero zero, and you want to figure out. There was some, they go, you get you don't run as you used to. Well, yeah, when I was at Highland, we averaged 83 points a game, but my center was 5'11". So we had to score 83. We were giving up 82, so we had to score 83, but it was great. But then there's other years when I had – Turner, his younger son now is Connor Turner, the seven foot two kid at West Valley. He was only six nine for me, but we slowed it down and pounded it into the post. So yeah, so thirty seven years is probably thirty different, thirty seven different styles. You just take what you have and just try to make the best you can with it. So, so you're uh, you're good friends with Nayland Sood, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he the, the year you coached Kevin Love, Derek Rose, he said that your '95 C home C home team would beat that team. What do you? What well, Nayland's a good friend, but uh, <laughs> if he would have been there, he would realize that wouldn't have happened. But I tell you what, that that the the good thing, and once again, the key to that C home team, and they were thirty and zero, and we won it fifth in the nation, which is incredible because we were fifth in the nation as a public uh, school system. And the ones ahead of us were like St. Anthony's and, you know, the power prep schools from all over. And then all of a sudden there's a public school because they kind of highlight when it's in USA Today. And that's kind of cool because all of a sudden USA Today and you see your team ranked and it's like fifth and you're looking at all these other academies and stuff. And so it was incredible. But they just they liked each other and they played together so well. And once again, we broke and they, they still own all the assist records, assist per game assist for tournament because they just liked it and what I'd like to say though because a lot of people say well that's the greatest team ever and in high school and people say well no that team at uh, Seattle had four pros with the one with Odin and those guys and they had four pros on I go yes but your question was who was the greatest high school team if I remember that team at Cleveland was 24 and 2 they lost two games they might have had fro. I mean, there was one year Seattle Prep had Spencer Hawes and uh, another two guys that were number one draft choices, and they didn't even make the state tournament. They got beat out at the district tournament. And um, so as far as high school teams went, those, those 
five guys which I still see and talk to all the time and stuff because they're such great individuals. But they just found each other and liked each other so well uh, that it it just uh, was fun. And Seam was going through this change. We they were two A when they were freshmen. Then we went three A where we won state, and then Seam we went, and then the next year they started four uh, A classification, and we got like fourth there and so forth. So we got to see all levels, but it didn't matter to those those yeah. players. They just wanted to play and loved the game and. And got at they were it was funny, they were thirty and zero, which is the most games anybody's ever played, and they wanted to keep going. Let's go on a national tour. Let's go <laughs> play. Which would have been awesome. That would have been fun. That's but, great. Did you ever coach anybody? Any kids that were particular? I mean, at that kind of NBA level. I mean, anybody that was real like Derrick Rose level. I mean, maybe right. not, but anyway, it was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, ironically, in thirty seven years. We did not have very many D1 athletes. Mark Spank was on that team. And it was funny, at the beginning of the year, Bray, our, uh, Jared, Jared Stevenson, we had Jared Stevenson, Ryan Kepman, Keith Koskala, Jeff Chapman all played Division Two, Western or Central. And then Spank was the fifth. At the beginning of the year, I was going to start a kid. Uh, uh, Stevenson said, who's going to be our fifth starter? And I go, probably Brady Gustafson, because Brady's pretty good. And he goes, what about Spank? And I go, ah, Spank's a little squirrely. And, you know, he's not there. But Spank just blew up. He had like 40 dunks. But the thing about Spank, he was a lot like Greg Oden. He had uh, 42 block shots his senior year. We recovered 40 of them. He would go up and not just block the shot, the smash it out of bounds and pump up like they do now. But he would tip it to, he would go up and check it and tip it to one of our players. And then we'd score off it. But he wound up going to Gonzaga, starting for three years. And actually was defensive player of the year, his senior year for that. But few was always mad at him because the summer before, he said, you got to stay and work out and do this. And he goes, hey, coach, I'm a defender. I'm going to go do my accounting. They they say if I go work this summer job as an accountant, they'll give me a six-figure job at the end of next year. And so a few got mad at him, but he was right. <laughs> so he went did his accounting, yeah. became defensive player of the year, and then went and got his six-figure accounting job and has done it ever since. But, you know, Randy Turner, uh, the kid back – the what I was talking about earlier, Highland, he went uh, He went to Gonzaga. They weren't the Gonzaga we know now. But um, actually, we've had – I had more Division One football players than we did. Sued used to give me a bad time nailing Malik Terrace because we had Graham Lassay who started for the Huskies for three years. We had Justin Penry who started Air Force Academy for three years. Uh, but they're all football players. But – we did lead the league in rebounding a lot. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So now, I mean, obviously you're still coaching, third grade. And like I said, maybe you will move back up into the high school ranks. Uh, <laughs> but do you do you watch basketball any differently? I mean, obviously you're going to analyze it because that's just how your, your brain and maybe your personality works. But is there ever a time where you can just sit back in the stands or sit back on a lazy boy and just watch without – analyzing anything yeah you know it's funny because uh speaking of Nayland Sood we had that conversation this summer at the national coaches event so I still Wibka is still big for me you know we do the hall of fame we do the feeder game uh where 160 kids come in and get scholarships but the feeder game we had last year is mostly for junior college d3 maybe d2 
where we brought to Nashville in the summer where there was 48 Division One kids, so they can see them. So, so doing that because, but talking to Nayland, I thought it's crazy, and I and I probably won't coach high school again because of this reason. Because now my summers are, we've got to go to Japan and do a basketball thing. Got to go to China with an exchange, which is good. And we've gone to Mexico. Before that, we you couldn't do that because you spent your whole summer coaching, you know and not taking these trips. And the nice thing about being a retired hire, I can make enough money to travel and do those things. But if I was coaching, I couldn't do that. And so, but um, the nice thing is talking to Nayla and I look and I go, you know, when we first started, when I first started, we went to a tournament in Raymond and that was a one summer tournament. Then we went to Raymond and then we went to Mark Morris and then we did this. And then, well, now you can pick and choose and you could play up till the end of July if you wanted to. And it's almost, you know, too much. But we created that own animal. And before you did it to get ahead, when I was at Highland, we won the league like nine years in a row. And people said, why? Well, we play so much in the summer. So it was an advantage. Well, then other people started doing it to, you know, get the same advantage. But now we've created, so everybody's got that. But now you spend so much time watching film, scouting, getting ready. I look back at the schedule, Naylan telling me the schedule, you before morning you want to get to gym early in case some kids want to shoot so far. So you got to get there at 6, and then you get that. And then you have your classes during the day. And then you got to, you know, you got to set up, you know, the kids on their phone or look at their free throw visualization tape or the game tape and doing that. And then you get to practice and then you uh, take that, you know, maybe the girls are practicing first after school. So then you run a study hall for that so forth. And then you run your practice and then you get home and get to see your family and have dinner. But then you're going to watch game film or go scout a game that night. And I look at that schedule now thinking I'm working 1130 the 3.30 in my half-day job, and then maybe picking up the grandkids and doing sports, and I feel like I'm overloaded there. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, how in the world did we ever do that for that long? And so um, that's why I won't coach high school. I don't mind coaching the third grade because I can practice twice a week and then have a game on Saturday, and I feel like that's enough. So I'm not asking you to, uh, or hopefully I'm not creating controversy, but is it too much? You talk about, like, when we first started talking, you talk about just going out and drawing lines, literally drawing lines on the sand where Ellensburg High School is now and just playing because you love to play with your neighbor friends. Um, is it too much now to wear travel teams and scouting and social media and stuff? What What's your yeah. opinion on that? Uh, I definitely agree. I mean, obviously, I was very fortunate to grow up where Keller has had about nine kids and you know, we just had a starter kit with six kids in our family. But <laughs> but basically, you just had all these things. But now, when these kids are 8, 9, 10, 11, they think they have a leather ball. they got to have uniforms and a leather ball and an indoor court. I mean, the most fun, I thought, was going to, I can't remember the name, was it Mount, was it Mount Stewart? Or what's the one downtown where the rims are all bent down on the 8-foot hoops? Oh. Okay. Valley yeah, View. Valley View, yeah. maybe. But mm-hmm. that was fun because you didn't have to have a coach and you just went and you tried to dunk on Kelleher, or, you know, and, and well, just Lincoln, probably Lincoln. Probably. Yeah, because yeah. okay, okay. they're eight foot hoops. And so you went out and you just played and you did that. 
the 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 football now you have to organize the three on three and everything else. So now you got coaches opposed to each other. I have to have these guys for the seven on seven, uh, and then well, I've got to have them for basketball, or they got to do this. And so I really feel for athletic directors and coaches because once June first hits, when baseball supposedly it's over okay and then track and then right now it opens up because then you're allowed to coach your basketball and your football so the coaches and those kids it's too much because they're right after school they go you know 3 30 to the football practice till 5 30 and then they go in the gym and they try to do basketball from 5 30 to 7 and eat dinner and then they might have something else after that and and so yeah it, i totally believe you know, that's just for like a week or two period, which is worth it because they must cross-train. The kids that specialize in a single sport are the ones that get hurt because they develop the same muscle group, and so they do it over and over, and then all of a sudden you get a knee injury or something else. If you play football first, and then you go to basketball, and then you go to baseball track, it's a totally different muscle groups and everything else, and you'll find that a percentage of like 89% of the people that in the NBA were two or three sport athletes because they got that cross training. So yeah, I think we'd, I wish we could get back to where kids would just go play. You don't need a coach. You don't need a little of the ball. You, you, you know, you just go out and play and, and do that and everything else. And, and, but you know, when somebody organizes it and gives you this and do that, then you kind of fall into that trap and do that. That's, I'm with you on that. Totally. I think you need to play all three. Yeah. It's just, I heard it was a WSU baseball coach say the exact same thing. They cringe when they hear a guy commit and not. And actually to tell you the truth, I think we had so many uh, football coaches come to our practices because they wanted to see those linemen, what their footwork were and mm-hmm. see the footwork drills and everything else. Because you can go to a football game or you can watch tape. I mean, you can watch tape and say, oh, that guy's pretty good. But then you see him and you go, wow, he's much quicker and everything on that. But then the football coaches love to come and watch him in basketball practice to see their footwork and how their feet move and everything else. Tell you the truth, my nephew, Scott Fitter, with the Seahawks, every tight end they, uh, for a long string there, every tight end they were looking at were uh, basketball players. And a lot of them didn't even play college football. Because they wanted that long, lean, quick. I mean, your receivers now. Look at Medcalf for the Seahawks. What is he? Six six and about mm-hmm. two twenty. I mean, he is just a great receiver. Mm-hmm. I mean, and uh, he probably. I'm assuming. I don't know this, but I'm assuming he was a basketball player and looking at footwork and quickness and everything else from being a crossover sport person. He's a total athlete. So I got one more question for you. We wrap up the interview before we move on to our next segment, but. If there's a young coach listening right now, a young kid that wants to get into coaching, or even young coaches like me that are, you know, we're getting going, you've had a very long, successful career. I mean, you're a NHSBCA Court of Honor member. Um, what's what's your advice to a guy that wants to coach or a girl that wants to coach? You know, I think you – I was fortunate enough to grow up with Tom Perry, Dean Nicholson's neighbors, and taking Dean Nicholson's class. But just get together with those guys. The trouble, we also run our Wibka basketball clinic, and we run it. They were doing it in Yakima, and I mean, they were doing it in Seattle, and it was 
$50 and he had to pay $30 for parking at the hotel and the rooms for, and I go, hey, I can, I popped off again and said, I can do this in Yakima for a lot cheaper now. So now we go to the Howard Johnson, $75 flat late for taxes and everything in a room, you know, to serve dinner. But then you get to go hang out with Joe Harris. You know, we're going this Friday down to go see Joe Harris's kid. By the way, he's shooting 57.2% for threes this year. And he was he was yeah. he was four for seven last night. He had nineteen points, four for seven, so he dropped down to maybe fifty two percent for the threes. But he won the league last year. But he, you hang out with Joe Harris, you hang out with his dad, and he's just a great guy. You hang out with Nayland Sood, you hang out with Bill Backamus, which you learn a lot of things about life. I'm not sure how much basketball, but you get a lot of life <laughs> lessons. But just by going to clinic, a lot of coaches now want to do it all online because they get too busy. So I'm going to learn my out of bounds, and I'm going to learn this because. You can go to the internet and get every drill or everything else you want, but you need to go in and talk to the Dean Nicholsons or the, uh, the YVC coach or the other high school coaches that have been around and just ask them, hey, what you know, what can I, you know, and you got to be open minded too because I've had a lot of coaches say, hey, could you come to my practice and so forth, and they go, yeah, you know, and so you drive over and go to the practice and then you, and then you. Uh, Say, what do you think? And so you start to talk to them, and they say, well, yeah, yeah that's good, but we, we kind of do it this way. And so I, you know, I'm saying, that's great. You know, Why in the hell did you waste my time? Why did you <laughs> right. waste my time to drive over here if you got it all figured out? But I think just being open-minded, talking to these guys, and then go to those clinics and go learn about it. I mean, I was a, basically a football track guy when I got out of it. I, I thought I had a football job in Willapa Valley, and I thought I had a job in Alaska, and I wound up coaching basketball, which Tom Perry used to give me such a hard time. He goes, I spend the best years of my life to teach you, and you go coach that stupid round ball. You know, so that it was worth it. It was fun. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for this interview. We're going to take a quick break for a second, listen to one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back. All right, Valley Sports Talk fans, we're back with the fun segment that we started a little bit ago. A couple episodes ago, I mean, of Would You Rather. This week, I put the question on Facebook. Jeff Gay, local guy. I believe he was the golf pro at Suncadia at one point in time, or he worked for them. Uh, he's a, He works at uh, Suncadia as a real estate agent, I believe. He's in the real estate uh, department, and uh, his golf game is still Phenomenal. pretty much on point. Well, Jeff, you, you gave me the last 12 hours has been nothing but racking my head on this and what the answer is going to be. Uh, the question is, be- go back in time. Competing in your high school days, would you go back and compete again, knowing what you know now against that your era, or would you go back in time but relive your playing days as it you know now again play against the current players? And I put some text messages out. Uh, Abe Silvestri was assistant coach at Central Baseball when I played. He is currently the San Francisco Giants visiting clubhouse manager. Without a question, relive it as it was. Today's athlete is a different level in so many ways, and there's something to say about entering an environment where you're, you belong versus being an outsider. Social media has had such an impact on shaping the fields and courts. Stuff is done today with the intent to blow up online. Apparel style reflects social influence. Trash talking and teammate chatter stems from trendy memes and slogans, rapidly changing from day to day. Statistics have become their own language and drastically created a new environment. Recruiting is different. Field services play different. Coaches are subject to behavior and emphasis, more liberal views. Parents are forced to make an investment versus a commitment. A list goes on and on. 
I'm sure someone who played high school baseball in the 80s noticed the same thing in the 90s. It's nothing more than evolution, and the majority of it truly is beneficial. The majority of it is truly beneficial to all parties involved. But look at youth baseball in the Dominican Republic and look at youth baseball in the United States. Then compare the ratio of amateur to professional in both demographics. At the end of the day, there's value in playing a game because you love it. The game itself is all you need to motivate. Not sure what motivates today's athletes, so I probably wouldn't fit in, says Abe, which I thought that was a pretty good uh, response. Kelly Gal has played at Central Baseball with me, head baseball coach at St. Martin's. Quick and easy. Give me today's guys. I think he's ready to go. Tony Quirk, uh, short brief of what he said, basically that uh, I'd go back with my current mindset to my high school days because there's some former teammates and opponents I would love to give the business to again. <laughs> <laughs> and then Scott Parrish, uh, he was a, a phone interview earlier. Uh, he wants to go back to his playing days, but I'm going to go back. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit, need to be a little bit bigger, faster, and stronger than I was back then. And he's also probably going to get schools uh, from all three sports. So we'll start with you, Luke. What would you pick between those two? I don't know if I qualify because I'm not that far off from my uh, high you're young days. Yeah. But hey, he's still in his playing days. Uh, that's right. I, yeah, I, I, I don't qualify for this. <laughs> I mean, I, I I graduated high school six years ago, so right. I'm still in. You're fresh. I, I think we're still in the time, <laughs> right? What about you, John? You know, I would like to see what I could do against this this generation, but having a, a seventh grader and a ninth grader um, in school now, it the level of commitment that's expected. I I just wanted to play to have fun, and I was never the star. My oldest brother, and my youngest brother, they were they were the stars in our household. There was five of us, um, so a junior starter pack of the. Fitterers and Kellerers with just five kids. But uh, I don't, I don't, I definitely don't have the talent because I barely had the talent to just do JV stuff in the 90s. So, but I also don't want to relive. I enjoyed my time. It was great. And as I've gotten older, um, my memories are, are more favorable. Um, I was faster and stronger. Um, and I don't want to go back in time and prove myself wrong. So, <laughs> That's about two minutes of talking, and I didn't answer the question. That works. <laughs> How about you, Pat? You know, I was thinking about you going through, um, going to a Central game. When I ran at Central, I ran out of fear, so I could get a lot of yards by running out of bounds because the linemen we had then were 6'5", 240, but their body percent, fat percentage is not very good. Now I go to a Central game, and I see these guys are 6'6", six, six, and cut, and probably faster than I was, so I probably would have got killed. So I think I'd have better go back to my day where I'm a little safer there. But in an ideal situation, because we did so much tough with our mental toughness over the years, I would love to take my mind after that training now and put it in that 17, 18-year-old body, because then that was a perfect combo. And that's what we try to do with our athletes is try to get them mentally advanced and if you can put their two together, that's when you get the lead athlete. I'm going to piggyback on what you said. If I could have the mental stage and the knowledge that I know now and go back into high school, gosh, I would have been a heck of a lot better player. Um, I guess I'll go back to my baseball. I, I, I would love to go back and dominate that because I know so much more. But I'm also one that likes a challenge. And the, the evolution of baseball training nowadays and guys are throwing harder and able to do more to it. I guess the safe bet would go back because I know what's going to happen. But part of me wants to go experience the challenge of what's going to come. So uh, if you guys have any more ideas on and topics for would you rather feel free to hit us up on all social media uh, pages we have. 
and we'll be right back with our scoreboard brought to you by Fitters Furniture. Well, welcome back to our scoreboard part of the episode brought to you by Fitters Furniture on 4th and Main. Uh, I've been meaning to stop in there and tell them thank you for sponsoring us. Uh, what can we say about Fitters? I mean, great furniture, great products, great people. They were just a really cool, just a really cool family. Uh, the building is historical. So like when yeah. I bought my bed, you know, the last couple of beds I bought, you know, so it's up in the third floor and you got that brick wall there. One of their, you know, major walls is a brick wall there. And, and, uh, you know, it's got the, the paint from, I don't know, turn of the century or whenever it was, it's just, it's just kind of cool. So that, and at the end of the day, the bed that I have is really, really comfortable. That's so all that matters. Thanks, Brad. Well, we, uh, we were recording the scoreboard part later on Tuesday night. Uh, we were lucky enough to have Pat Fitter here during the day, did the interview. Uh, but the good news is, guys, we're going to give you some live scores here in a little bit on some games that have That's actually right. happened tonight. Uh, unfortunately, Luke was not able to make his way back to Big Country Studios. He didn't want to miss the driveway for the second time one day. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Luke. I went I went so far by it today. You it did. Like, we saw you flying by at like 55 miles an hour. It was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. If the neighbors yeah. are watching on Tuesdays, they're kind of thinking, who is this guy? He keeps <laughs> flying by our house. Well, let's get into some scores. Uh, Cleolum Roslin's soccer team defeated Granger on Tuesday last week, 6-1. to one. They took on Royal City on Saturday. Uh, Grace Terrell scored four goals along with two assists. Grace Jackson had two goals and three assists, and Meadow Stone tallied three saves. Uh, after that week, last week, Terrell is now at 159 goals, seven away from the state record. The Warriors faced uh, perennial LaSalle High School this last year's 1A state champs tonight, Marquette Stadium. Luke, how did that game end up? Yeah, so uh, LaSalle's kind of had, seems like they have everybody's number you know, over the past couple seasons, and uh, they uh, defeated Clayelm 8-0 tonight. Um, Dang it. That's their third win over Clayelm this season. Um, so that means Clayelm will play uh, Highland uh, for the, which is the third place for third and fourth, but only one of them moves on, you know, winner moves on to state. Um, Cleom lost to the Highland two to one earlier in the season and then beat them four to zero just a couple weeks ago. Um, and that game will be at Marquette stadium, which I believe is in LaSalle. And that's mm-hmm. going to take place on uh, Thursday at 4 PM. So that they still have one more shot to get, in, get into the one, a tournament. So I'm going to say one thing. Marquette Stadium is right there in Yakima, so that is a. Oh. I want to say the quickest. No, I. I mean that's where oh, LaSalle is, is as well, but that's not the quickest drive for Cleolum people. But that's within an hour, so uh, yeah. Cleolum, Cleolum fans make that trip. Yeah, it was the home of the semi-pro Yakima Reds, I believe, for quite some. Years. I believe you're correct. We played yes. some football games there back in the day. That's where LaSalle plays the football games too. Yep. Well, let's go for Cleolum. Go take care of bit. And are they so? How far away are they from the state tournament? This is state. Winner to state uh, on this game, correct? Winner to state, yeah. Okay, so we're getting. I'm not, I'm not sure exactly where actual state is, but yeah, yeah, winner to state. Okay, uh, let's move on to Kid Has Volleyball. Last week they defeated Dayton Waitsburg in a loser out game. Uh, they advanced to the league tournament where they played as the number three seed in the EWAC, uh, but unfortunately they failed to try City's prep in straight sets on Thursday. It looks like. Um, yeah, we're in playoff time with Kid House Volleyball, John. 
You know what? And uh, I'm getting a little bit tired of uh, Tri-Cities prep. I don't want to put them at the same level of us not talking about Western-oriented mm-hmm. teams. But uh, the good thing, though, is, you know, after that loss to Tri-Cities prep, they, you know, came back, uh, beat Mapton in high school in the next match. And uh, so this Thursday, they're in a crossover game in Wenatchee. Um, I can't quite remember who they're playing, but uh, they win. If, pardon me, win. The Yotes win. Uh, they'll make it to uh, the state tournament. Uh, a loss ends their season, but of course, I say win, they win, not uh, if they win. So good luck to Kittitas Volleyball. There's that state tournament's in Yakima still, right, Sundome? Yep. Yeah. I believe you're correct, country. We'll I talk, believe you are correct. We will talk about another state tournament big happening here soon uh, in the town. But let's move on to Ellensburg soccer. They beat Afredo on Thursday, three to one, to advance to the CWAC championship game against number one Sela. Uh, that game, I believe, is happening tonight at Quincy Jackrabbit Stadium. Both teams have earned their bid to the two A state tournament. Luke, do you have any updates on yep. that? I haven't got any update on it, but I do know that uh, Euphreda, who Ellensburg beat uh, last on Halloween, who they beat three one. Euphreda beat Othello four to three in overtime. Wow. And that's why the game is, I think the game, ellensburg Sela game started pretty late. But, uh, yes, I have no, not sure who's, you know, who's winning or, you know, whatnot. But uh, uh, regardless of the result, uh, both teams have already, you know, qualified to the 2A state tournament. Um, And so works out for both teams. Well, Ellensburg Volleyball and Luke, you were down there. Was it a packed gym in Sela last week? Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a good one. Yeah, looks like they lost the. I was shocked when you texted us after the first two sets that they had yeah. lost, and then they bounced back and won the final three to win the CWAC title for the fourth straight season. Yeah, fourth straight. I think they shared twice, but the last two years it's been them for sure outright. I know of, but yeah. it's still pretty impressive. I mean, oh, yeah, they yeah. They, were, they were down out too. Yeah, yeah, that's like a dynasty in the state. That's big words. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this, you know, they, they're doing it this year without, you know, Tia and Daya, you know, who was one of the most, you know, one of the best players in the Valley, you know, now she's at Gonzaga starting over there. Well, and they were missing another starter. I believe that Peyton Liskey, she was at FFA convention, which yeah. I'm a farm boy myself. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, who she, I mean, obviously they were kind of, from talking to Debbie Landry, you know, they're kind of scrambling those first two sets, you know, they're trying to, you know, they put different girls in positions. They, they don't normally play. And then finally, after they went lost those first two, she decided just to put everyone back in their normal positions and just put one, one random, you know, one of her reserves into Peyton's position and, you know, you know, worked out, you know, everyone, they just kind of gelled and yeah, it was exciting. It was, I mean, pretty fun to, to cover. Well, it's like I, I believe Coach Fitter covered on it that you're only as good as your worst player. He's talked about in some yeah. sort of aspect, but yeah, you have, uh, good good teams can win no matter what adversity comes across them. So that was good to yeah. see that. Well, that's plenty of adversity. You're in a hostile area. Yeah. You're down zero and two. Man, uh, my hats are off. My hat is off mm-hmm. to the Bulldogs because um, what a comeback against a really really good team. You could convince me that Sela. Uh, will do some damage in the state tournament as well. Mm-hmm. Not as much damage as, as us. And speaking of the state, state tournament, yep. you know, the 2A 
uh, state volleyball has always been in uh, St. Martin's down there in Lacey. Uh, due to a scheduling mix-up, apparently, um, like literally they just had it circled on the wrong part of the calendar. Uh, they couldn't host. And so Ellensburg, and more specifically Central Washington University, is going to be hosting uh, the 2A state tournament, which is wonderful because even though technically – Correct me if I'm wrong, but technically we haven't made the state tournament yet, but uh, we can dang sure be counting on the Bulldogs to be there. So it's not going to be a home match, but man, oh man, when, not if, when Ellensburg's at state, we better be packing Nicholson Pavilion. I was just going to say, start a hashtag, hashtag <laughs> pack Nicholson. What's that? So the, start a hashtag, hashtag pack Nicholson. Pack, pack the Nick. Yeah. Pack, pack Nicholson. That's what it. were you going to say, Luke? Now. I said so. Ellensburg actually, their their volleyball is playing right now um, versus Euphreda. Uh, Euphreda beat Quincy tonight three in three to one in four sets, three to one. And so I think I haven't got a score update, but if Ellensburg beats Euphreda, which I expect they will, you know they're gonna that gives them the bid to state again. Um, and I, I assume and Sela's playing Prosser and uh, you know. Ellensburg will play the winner of them. And that game, the Tamp Chip game for CWAC volleyball will be on Thursday at seven. Where will that be? At the highest seed or Yeah, so Ellensburg. Ellens that will be that'll be home. On Thursday. So Ellensburg doesn't have to do much travel this uh postseason. That's awesome. Hashtag pack the doghouse. Pack the doghouse. <laughs> there we go. The we're starting. Pavilion. That's right, baby. So where everybody else is getting along state tournament time. What's the next state tournament we got coming up here this weekend? I believe Luke said you're gonna be at it. What do you think, John? I think you're going to be at Sun Willows Golf Course in Pasco, Luke. Am I correct for state cross country? Yeah, I'm not golfing. I'm actually I'm going to be <laughs> can't pack the watching with cross country. <laughs> it's been yeah, it's been fun really following them, and uh, I really enjoyed just kind of. I mean, they're really good. You know, both the boys and girls are really you know powerhouse programs, and they have a great coach. He's a great guy, Jeff Hashimoto, and yeah, I look forward to kind of keep an eye on Leah Holm- Holmgren and see if she can, you know, take home the individual title. And, you know, if not, you know, it's, it's, um, she's going to be right up there and as are, you know, the other girls and the boys team as well. No, it's been a few years since I've been there. Um, we won't have to put a date on it, but it's been a couple of years since I've been in high school. Right. And a couple of pounds <laughs> since I've been in high school. And, uh, Oh, come on, John. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I remember, you know, watching really good friends of mine and our team competing at state. And then uh, after I had graduated, watched my brother uh, complete, compete at state. Uh, um, my brother got the the height, the looks, and the athletic ability. And I got the ability to be okay with that. So, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, in all seriousness, Sun Willows and the state track, uh, state cross country, it's, in, it's intense. And they're, I mean, it's a great crowd, great energy. Great venue to watch. Um, so I'm I'm jealous of you, Luke. Uh, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a great time, and I fully expect to see pictures on Twitter and Facebook of uh, Leah holding up the individual title and and Ellensburg girls holding up uh, the state title trophy. And to be quite honest with you, I mean, it's not out of reach to think that the Ellensburg boys could um, win state. And if they can't win state, then you know, top four a top four finish is definitely within reach. So go dogs stretch. Well, run hard carb up the night before, make sure you got energy. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the reports back from you, Luke. Yeah. 
Well, good luck to you guys. I know it's something I never was able to do. So props to anybody that can run cross country. I'm 90 feet at a time, fellas. 90 feet at a time. Well, let's move on to high school football. Unfortunately, Cleon lost to Zilla 55 to zero. I would believe we saw they have a game coming up. One more game. They do. We're going to talk about it in our picks here down the in a in a few minutes, handful of minutes. But uh, yeah, so I thought the the Zilla game kind of ended their season at 0 and 9, but they're going to be taking on uh, Wapato, and even better, they're going to be at home. Sweet. So uh, Wapato is taking their licks in the 2A. Cleelum is taking their licks in the 1A. But, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about it in the picks, but I'm already I'm already going to say go Warriors. There, so. there you go. Uh, another big one, guys. Friday night down in Tri-Cities. John, you're at it. Kittitas beats Liberty Christian 30 to nothing. Biggest win of the season. Or biggest you know, point difference. I mean, just Kittitas has definitely turned a corner. I mean, we had a heck of a non-league, or not non-league, but early season schedule. Yeah. Number two, Tri-Cities Prep. Number six, Columbia Burbank. Number seven, Asotan. A really good Coopville squad as well. Um, just very and, and a decent White Swan team as well. And then... You know, going three and zero in the last three games. Uh, um, just we just dominated uh, Liberty Christian. Great game. Want to send a shout out to uh, well, let's just be honest, our homeboy Wyatt Stick. Yeah, hey, baby. <laughs> uh, that uh, interception there to uh, go into halftime. I mean, interception in the end zone. Uh, I, that that was just great. I mean, that could have been like a little bit of a momentum shift for Liberty Christian, uh, but we shut it down. Um, I, and I say we, as in I had a lot to do with it. I will say, uh, Brian Stickney took a little bit of credit for that. Um, um, but honestly, I think the talent was clearly Wyatt's ability to jump in the air and, (laughs) and get that. So, uh, Wyatt, my hat is off to you. I tip my hat off to you. Um, Dawson Byers had a great game. Josh Rossback had a great game. Um, uh, Blake Catlin with a, with a pick as well. So five turnovers total. Uh, they're going to head up to Tenasket here on Friday. That's going to be the shortest and most enjoyable three and a half hour trip by car or what? 17 hour trip by bus, give or take, yeah. you know, an hour or two, but, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Are they going to be passing at Bellingham Western or am I not allowed to say that? <laughs> You're not allowed to say it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that one shout out. You know, Luke was out at Kittitas's practice today, and Stickney was holding us accountable. When's this podcast getting released? So that's right, Stickney. Wyatt, man, you're keeping us on the, the our feet to the fire. I appreciate that. Hopefully, you guys go up there and take care of Tenasket, and you know, uh, Coach Fitter has pretty funny comments about the officiating crews up there later today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think uh, you know, go up there and take care of it. And last Saturday night, guys, we were keeping you updated on the Facebook. Ellensburg was playing Prosser. Oh, man, they had the lead. They end up losing 32-24. A 98-yard touchdown catch from Caden Rivera on third down and long to give the Mustangs their first lead of the game. Heartbreaking loss for the Bulldogs. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, yeah that was a tough one. It was really – it was kind of – I wasn't there, but I was kind of following Luke Thompson from Yakima's, just kind of back and forth, you know, just watching him tweet and – Seemed like it was pretty exciting, but yeah, just that. I mean, they had, you know, Ellensburg had opportunity. They were up 24 to 19, I believe, and they fumbled within like just near the goal line to score. You know, they could have scored and pad on, you know, went up two scores. Instead, you know, they fumbled, you know, then both teams exchanged punts, and then, you know, they got, they got Prosser down at like the two on third down and, 
you know, that sophomore quarterback finds connects with his receiver for a 98 yard touchdown. And that's probably pretty crushing meant, you know, have a 98 yard touchdown on you, but, and then things, you know, the next offense series, I think Ryan Ferguson threw an interception and it went, you know, gave Prosser first and goal and then they scored again. And Bonzo got a little one last chance, you know, they're only down eight. But then, Ferg- then Ferguson got hurt. So then, right, you know, then that kind of ended the game. Yeah, it's too bad. It, it was still a good game. I mean, it's a lot. It was a lot better than the first time the two teams met. And talking to Jeff, uh, head coach Jeff Senesek, he was pretty, pretty happy the way his his team played. Just those last five minutes were just kind of tough. For sure. Well, at least they get a week to heal up, get injuries figured out, heading to the first round of the state tournament. I think that was we all knew that was going to happen early. Even you know they were losing some games early, but their non-league schedule was so tough. And I think it's going to prepare them for a state tournament run here. I agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some Central Washington Wildcat athletics. Hey, Central volleyball took care of Alaska schools last week. They beat Fairbanks and Anchorage both three games to two. Uh, they're sitting in fourth right now at the nine and five record. Big wins last week. They play Northwest Nazarene today. Uh, we haven't heard any score updates from that yet. And then they play at MSUB Saturday. Hopefully they don't get snowed in down there. I know. Billings always gets snow. Uh, I tell you what, those two Alaska wins, uh, you know, you don't want to put too much emphasis on one match. But uh, to me, that uh, I'm, I'm not a coach. I'm an armchair quarterback here or armchair <laughs> barrel, I guess I would say, for volleyball. Um it seems like, you know, a loss or a split, man, where's the, where's the momentum going? And I think definitely they, they put the momentum in, uh, to their backs or pushing, you know, the wind to their backs. And, and, uh, so hopefully, uh, we can just take care of business this For week. Sure. Uh, central women's soccer, they're putting themselves in a really good position. Uh, unfortunately they lost to MSUB two to one last week, but then they beat Concordia one to nothing guys. I did some research. Soccer is new to me. But I did find out you get three points for a win and one point for a tie. Uh, Western Washington, SPU, and Western Oregon have all clinched a GNAC tournament spot. Central's in fourth right now at 5-4-1 with 16 points. MSUB is at 4-6-0 with 12 points. And Northwest Nazarene's 3-5-2 with 11 points. Uh, Northwest Nazarene, well, let's go this. Uh, they finish up. Central finishes the regular season Thursday at home, three against Northwest Nazarene. Get a dub there, knock them out. Uh, then they go to Western Oregon on Saturday. I think the NNU game is a pretty big one. I think so. Setting up for playoffs. I mean, Northwest Nazarene is at Central. They go to SPU. Um, so at Northwest Nazarene probably going to lose to SPU. Uh, Montana State Billings is at Simon Fraser. Then they're at St. Martin. So let's hope travel is not good to them. And Central can clinch a playoff spot for the first time in a while, I believe. And I'd like to see them in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yep. That'd they're they're going to be traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, hey, postseason play is where it's at. Well, uh, I told Tyson DeCone, and I was texting him. He was at the game when Central went down to Azusa Pacific last week on Saturday night. Uh, Azusa, I'm really, I'm really disappointed. They actually charged to watch the game. Central, you can watch them for free online. Uh, that was really disappointing. But I got to listen to Dave Haverlo on the radio on 88.1 The Berg. Uh, Central. Made it interesting. They won 27-24, but they definitely did not make it very easy. Uh, they did have 477 total offensive yards. Uh, let's see, down 10. Azusa scored with a touchdown with 10 minutes left, but the, but the Wildcats were able to hold off the comeback for a big win in the GNAC down in Cali. 
And that just continues. You know, we we uh, we're going obviously against the Cougars because uh, the Azusa Pacific Cougars, yeah. not your Wazoo That's Cougars. Right. Tone it down there, country. But uh, <laughs> uh, but now we're huge Azusa Pacific fans because they are uh, taking on Western Oregon, and right. I want to be able to control our own destiny rather than wait for Western Oregon to lose or tie. I don't want to tie in the GNAC title like we did last year. I want to win it. I think um, if Azusa wins, we'll send a care package down to them. Say thank you. I'll let you put that on your expense report. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, it was just a you know big day for the Wildcats. They got to make sure they take care of business. They host Southwest Baptist from Boulevard, Missouri. Did I say that right? I believe so. Okay. Last and if year, it's not, we'll just call it Missouri. Missouri. Uh, they're in the Great Lakes Valley Conference. They are three and six overall, one and five in their conference. Last season, Central beat them seventy-four to twenty-eight. Twelve o'clock kickoff. Because, because they have uh, daylight savings time, they're going to start going earlier. Uh, Tomlinson Stadium, uh, non-league game, but it's always good to take care of business. You know, and I, I've said this uh, maybe a couple of times, and I'm going to say it again. One, you go for the football, uh, whether you're in the alumni tent or you're in the chief seats, you're in the reserve seats, or if you're like somebody named Luke Olson who sits in the heated press box. But one way or the other. But if football is not your thing, but you want to be entertained, I'm telling you, fans, the CW band is absolutely incredible. The power and the energy and the precision, it's just an incredible atmosphere. So Tomlinson Stadium is awesome. Um, Tomlinson Stadium is awesome when we're winning. And just the band just adds to it. So good luck to the Cats. I don't think they need much luck from us. Nothing against Southwest Baptist, but we should be uh, winning this by 30 or 40, 30 or 40. points. But uh, um uh, go for the band, stay for the band. And even after the game, the band plays for like 30 minutes. So it's like a concert. Hey, they invested their time last week in the local band members. I know the Kittitas band got to go be with them, be on the field during the pregame. That's right. And it's cool to see them invested in their community. My uh, favorite tuba player, Delaney, my That's ninth right. grade uh, daughter, she was uh, right there on the field uh, with the sousaphone, hey. um, the one that wraps around you, the big, right. huge tuba. So. That's awesome. uh, but it, that was a great thing. And so, yeah. I mean, that just shows how well Central is trying to be part of the community. So, Cleelum, Ellensburg, Kittitas, Bounds, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. It, was a, it was a good time. That's one thing Central has always had over anybody, that our band will definitely beat you. Heck, yeah. Because of their talent. Heck, yeah. Well, we appreciate you guys, uh, you know, letting us have a little later release this podcast. And thank you to John and Luke for making time. You know, we were able to do this later at night. And this is fun. It is fun. I enjoyed yeah, this thoroughly. Hey, and got a little update is Allensburg Volleyball defeated Euphreda 3 0, so that they play uh, Sela uh, for the championship game on Thursday. Thursday here in the doghouse, right? In the doghouse. Yep, it's 7 p.m. For, for good. Oh, doghouse for good seating and then head to the Pack the Nick. Let's do it for the state tournament. Let's do it. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to, I believe, go to our picks next. Mm-hmm. and hopefully you guys are enjoying this i know we're still sure having a lot of fun and uh thank you luke and we'll be right back here in a second with our picks for the week it's that time of the podcast now where we put our minds to the test and our expertise to the test it is time for the weekly picks as always we pick uh, the top games around uh, the county and around the region and maybe even around the nation here uh last week um Pretty good, uh, pretty good week for uh, three of the four of us. Um, I went six and two on the week. Luke led the charge once again with a uh, with a seven and and one uh, season. 
or pardon me, a seven and one week. So that's like the second or third week in a row that Luke has led the charge. Dominating. And then uh, Ryan Kuhn, our guest picker, he was, uh, was he five and three, six and two. Um, you know what? We'll just say he was five and three because he picked the 49ers when that wasn't even a pick, I believe. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then option, uh, Ryan country, you were, you were four and four. You were the strongest 500 team uh, in, <laughs> in the nation last week. But uh, so our overall record country, you're 31 and 25 on the week or on the season. I'm 33 and 23. Uh, Luke is 37 and 19. And our guest picker is 31 and 14. So uh, moving on to this week's picks. From a from a local perspective, Ellensburg has got to buy this week. Uh, first round of state, I believe, starts uh, next week. Um, so good luck to the Bulldogs, and hopefully they enjoy their their week off of at least game time competition. So that rolls right into uh, Cleelum. Cleelum is, uh, you know, they've had they've had a couple of uh, well, they've had a few tough weeks. They're zero and nine on the on the season. Uh, they host Wapato, who is one and eight. Wapato's a two A team. Cleelum's a one A team. You know what? I'm going to say this right now. Cleelum is going to get the dub. I'm just going to go and All say, right. um, you know, Wapato is more known for their basketball prowess and their football prowess. And Cleelum's at home. The Warriors got to do it. I'm going to say Cleelum in a squeaker over the Wolves. Wapato. Yeah. You got Luke. I'm thinking I have to go with Wapato here. Bigger school. Uh, Cleveland's been on a tough run. Yeah, Wapato. This is a tough game to pick, but sorry, Cleveland, I'm going to go with Wapato as well. I'm going with Wapato just because of the strength of schedule. There you go. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, we're going to go north, almost to the Canadian border. K-Town, Kittitas has uh, made the crossover tournament. They're 3-0 and in their last three games. They're 3-5 and in the season. They won three in a row, including... Uh, skunking the last two opponents uh they uh, shut out mabton and liberty christian the last two straight weeks they are on the road to tenasket tenasket is six and two on the season that north league seems to be pretty dang tough um i'm picking it's the upset special k-town by five points on the road against tenasket you know i've i picked kittitas the last three weeks but it's gonna end this week, I gotta, I gotta take Tenasket. Oh, Luke, that's a tough one. I, I'm gonna go with Kittitas. I think they're rolling. I think the uh, boys don't forget that you know we've ended their season a couple times in the spring the last few years, and I know they're ready to play Kittitas, and they love to beat us. And but you know, road trip mental. You've talked about mental toughness. Go up there and grind and out, outwork them and out execute. Go Yotes. I am going to go with Tenasca because that's a long, ugly bus ride. <laughs> and they probably have some of their junior high PE teachers officiating the game. So I'm going with Tenasca. 100%. It's <laughs> funny because it's 100% true. And there's probably some off-the-record conversations that we could talk about yes. that. So let's move on up to the college ranks. CWU, Central Washington University. Uh, they are hosting Southwest Baptist. Uh, Southwest Baptist is coming all the way from Missouri. Um, if uh, memory serves me right, Central won in a nail biter of a game down there in Missouri last year, seventy-four to twenty-eight, and I'm believing that we're going to see a lot of that again. I say Central by forty points on Saturday. Yeah, long trip for uh, Southwest Baptist. I think Central wins this with ease. Wildcats got this one in the bag. Wildcats are playing well. I'm going with Central. 
Let's move on. Keeping it in the Northwest, but uh, moving to the Pac-12 ranks. We got Oregon State, which is maybe not a surprise this year, but they're definitely um, not as uh, – they're playing significantly better than they have been in the last couple of years. Oregon State hosts UW, which has just kind of been disappointing. Um, I like UW, but uh, I'm going to send a shout-out to my uncle. Um, my Uncle Jay played on Oregon State's last – winning team in the 70s before they had like 28 straight years of losing records so in honor of my uncle jay i'm going to say the beavers are going to beat the huskies at home uh, i'm gonna go u-dub here U-dub. yeah I, I traditionally root for oregon state and pick oregon state but i think the huskies are gonna win this one this week uh, U Dub's licking their wounds there, but so, but I think they're going to come out ready to play. I'm going U Dub. Let's uh, keep with Pac-12. Wazoo is on the road to Cal. Both of them are four and four on the season. Um, you know what? No, uh, no stats needed. I'm just going to say Wazoo. <laughs> Go Cougs. Yeah, I know there's some talk in Pullman about Florida State firing their coach and Leach leaving, but. Hopefully there's no distraction. I think this is – I'm going to go Cougs winning overtime because this is a defensive battle down there, and hopefully the Coug offense can get something rolling at the end. And it's a tough game playing down there in Cal, but go Cougs. WSU's quarterback's pretty good. I think he's going to find open places and lead WSU to a win. You know what? We're going far beyond the Northwest borders. We're going to go with number one versus number two. So number one, LSU, is on the road to number two, Alabama. Um, I don't know how many times this has happened. LSU and Bama seem to always have incredibly good teams. But this is number one and number two. I'm going to send another shout-out to my buddy Shane Hanchi. He's a calf roper for the PRCA. Shane Hanchi would say, go Tigers. (laughs) So uh, we have a roommate. Um, he's our photographer for the Daily Record, and uh, he went to Alabama. He's from there. And I just want to do this just to piss him off. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with LSU. Oh, I think this will be a fun game to watch. Uh, I'm picking this strictly on the fact that Coach Ogeron is, would be the fun coach to play for. His energy and excitement and that he can motivate a team. And they didn't get it done last year, but this will be a year for him to go knock off Bama. Go Tigers. I think LSU is a better team. They're due, LSU. We're going to wrap up this week's picks with the Pro Ranks NFL, 7-2 Seattle Seahawks at 8-0 San Francisco 49ers. Um, This is a tough one. I think the 49ers are incredible. Uh, You know what? I'm going to go with my bias, but it's an educated bias. The Hawks. Well, I'm seven and two and picking the Hawks, so it's <laughs> off to a good start. So I'm going to Seattle again. I'm going to repeat what I said a couple weeks ago, and it's hard to bet against Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll. So go Hawks. I went the last Seahawks game and their defensive backs. I swear they're playing prevent defense. They were so far back. <laughs> and I think Garoppolo is such a good quarterback. I hate to do this and it hurts me, but I think it's 49ers. That's going to be a fun matchup. You know, one thing I wanted to say when we're talking about uh, the Hawks and, and pro ranks, um, you had mentioned that uh, we were talking about like DK Metcalf here when we we're uh, getting ready for this podcast. And 
250 or whatever he chiseled out of stone one thing that i wanted to say coach was he looks exactly like you uh, <laughs> i mean it's amazing coach is still in playing he shape let's playing uh, shape. let's not Sign let's, him up. <laughs> let's not beat around the bush here coach you're still in playing shape um dk metcalf um it's chiseled chiseled out of stone just like coach here Absolutely. so um, i just wanted to put that in there so that's our picks for the week uh want to say thanks again once once again to coach for being here today uh today um hit us up on facebook and and twitter all of our social media accounts um country you're a little bit better on the social media than i am but uh, we we listen to what you're saying we appreciate the the interaction and we'll just see how uh how we do with this week's picks absolutely and we'd like to thank fitters furniture again for being a sponsor of the podcast and investing in local sports uh we thank you guys very much and and thank you, Coach, for joining us. This has been a very enjoyable podcast so far, or we've had the best one yet. Thank you very much. All right, Valley Sports fans, until next week, go local teams.